Okay, so today begins the beginning of Tanya, Perak Aleph of Tanya. And um, the Alter Rebbe here begins to introduce his revolution. It's a ma- massive revolution because, as we'll see, the Alter Rebbe really is going to start approaching a per concept or concepts that till the Alter Rebbe has been understood one way, and the Alter Rebbe is going to completely change it and take it into a whole different realm. We have to say a few points of introduction before we actually begin the, the, today's parak. The, the Tani is called Sefer Shel Bainanim. That's the, 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 the name of the book, the book of Bainanim. A Bainani, as we're going to see, is a certain state that a person is in. And a, state of mind? a certain state of mind, a state of being. We'll see what that means. We'll discuss more in detail what that means. So Bainani is the, the purpose of this book, of the Sefer, is to identify recognize and also be able to um, um, utilize the Bainini. That's what the purpose of the Sefer is. There's, there's a number of, of stages in the Tanya. The first, the first like um, 10 chapters or 11 chapters, the Alter Rebbe deals with personalities. He explains the personalities of the Tzaddik, the personalities of the Rosha, and he explains the, their contrasts how they operate, how they, perce- how they perceive the world, how they take in from the world, how do they interact with each other. The Bainini then begins a discussion. The Bainini primarily comes into focus in chapter 12. From chapter 12, and obviously until the end, is really dealing with the Bainini, but primarily from chapter 12 to chapter 18, the Alter Rebbe focuses very strongly on the personality of the Bainini, the, individu- the struggles of the Bainini, who is the Bainini, and how does the Bainini operate. From chapter 18, the Alter Rebbe then moves on to, tr- to discuss the, the expectations of a Jew, the, na- the innate sta- state of a Jew, and how that innate state of a Jew actually um, could be utilized properly and, and be worked on. That starts from chapter 18 and goes till about chapter 25, through chapter 25. From chapter 26 until chapter 34, the Alter Rebbe starts dealing with the psychological issues of the Bainini, of us, of we're, we're, we're potential Bainanim. So Alter Rebbe deals with all the psychological issues that could come up. That's primarily from chapter 26 through chapter 34, to, through chapter 36, uh, 33. In chapter 34, roughly, till around chapter um, uh, 35, those two, that one chapter deals with a sort of unique um, shift point where the Alter Rebbe then moves into the realm of dealing with a person's in- internal emotional state. And from chapter 35, he introduces the purpose of why we're here in this world. 35, 36, 37, 38, and 39 all focus on why I'm here in this world, what should be my objective and why I'm here in this world. And then he moves on from chapter 39, chapter 40, 41, 42, he starts giving us a directive of a meditation of how to focus in in utilizing, understanding our potential. And then from chapter 43 and on, he deals with our levels of emotional motivation to get involved in our Jewishness. That's basically the breakdown of the Tanya, Lefiani Yisdaiti, based on my learning of the Tanya. So there's many different sections of the Tanya, and each one focuses on something specific. So what we're starting now is we're really starting the personality types that Dr. Rebbe is going to deal with. Dr. Rebbe is going to introduce to us the personality types and the dispositions of different, different, different people, uh, um, of, of, of Jewish people. Now, that's one point of introduction. Another point of introduction here 
is recognizing, the, is, is identifying the very, very beginning of the Alter Rebbe, what he does here in Tanya. The Alter Rebbe starts off with the word Tanya. So this is something which you look, you find in the Svarim of the, the later Rabbeim, and is brought down in many other books of explanation. The word Tanya is, if you take the words Tanya and, and change around the letters, it comes, it comes from the word Eison. Eison means um, um, tremendous strength, tremendous power. There's actually a chapter in Igeris HaKadosh where the Rebbe deals with the word Eison, that we all have a deep Eison. The deep Eison is our deep essence of who we really are, and that essence at times, if we trigger it, if we allow it to open up, there's a current, a flow. An Eison, an Eison also refers to a valley, the Nachal Eison, a stream of energy, a flow of energy that comes out forth from us that allows us to express who we really are. So the Rebbe had a double intention by starting off Tanya. We call it the Tanya, he means a son. He's refo- focusing on our inner self. And this also explains the very short introduction that Alter Rebbe writes in what we know as the, the Sharplot, the, the, the opening page, that he writes that the purpose of this book is to get us to fulfill our purpose in life, to connect to God, and the Alter Rebbe there says that it's something which is It's something which is exceedingly easy for someone to accomplish. Now, how is it easy for you to accomplish something? Seemingly, how could one feel that his religiosity or his, his, his connection to God is something simple and easy? We seem, it seems to be counterintuitive. This, in fact, is the question that Alter Rebbe himself is going to deal with later in chapter 18, is that seemingly this is counterintuitive, that we do not feel connect, close to God naturally. And the Alter Rebbe's essential answer is the word Tanya, is the word Eson, is recognizing that there's an essential self. When we recognize our essential self and we're in tune with our essence, so then our closeness to God is natural. It's who we are. We begin to identify that. Problem is, there's a lot of obstacles to get there. And that's where the Alter Rebbe is going to start explaining what are the obstacles, why are there the obstacles, why do we feel disconnected, why do we not feel our Eson, that's going to be the thrust of most of Tanya. Getting into understanding our, our, our personality, our psychology, and through that we could then begin to realize and wake up and get in tune with our, our Eson. So right away in the beginning, the Alter Rebbe deals with the question of a contradiction and a logical issue. Alter Rebbe begins off the Tanya. He says that at the beginning, at the end of, he brings a Bryce at the end of the third chapter of Nita. It says that the Neshama, when the Neshama comes into the world, and before the soul goes into a body, Mashpi and Isa, we make this, the soul make a promise. What's the promise that we make the soul make? We make him make us promise that he tzadik valfi rasha. The promise is, is that he's going to be righteous, he's going to be tzadik, and he's not going to be a rasha. That's the first thing. So obviously the first question is, that sounds almost impossible. How could you make someone swear that he's going to be a tzaddik, right? What happened to Bechir Chavshis? What happened to freedom of choice? How could you make a person swear he's going to be a tzaddik and not a rasha, right? It doesn't make sense. It doesn't jive well with the concept of freedom of choice. That's the first question which the Al-Turabit does not mention here. The Al-Turabit doesn't deal with that question because the al is a, a bigger question to deal with first. We'll see that in a minute. Another point, though, just to focus on, the concept of the double expression, Tahit Tzadik, Ba'al Tahit Rasha. You should be a Tzadik and don't be a Rasha. If you're a Tzadik, you're not a Rasha. Why does he have to have, why do you have to have the counter-argument of Tahit Tzadik, Ba'al Tahit Rasha, right? But let us focus, that's a question Al-Turab is going to deal with a little later. But let us focus primarily on the words Mashpian, that you make him swear. Why do you make him, a, a person swear? What's the significance of a Shvua? 
right? So we've talked about this in the Gemara class, the concept of Yeshua. The purpose of Yeshua is to create a person's identity. It allows a person to identify themselves. When you make Yeshua, it reaches deep within oneself to bring out within a person a certain a certain depth of the person, that is the power of Yeshua. So Mashpino Tzadik, in other words, is making the person connect to the part of him that is Tihit Tzadik, that could be a Tzadik Baal Tirosha. So it's not a Shvua as an imposing factor, it's not imposing be this way, despite yourself, it's actually saying enable yourself to be this way, because if you give yourself the power, you empower yourself through the Shvua. Let me just explain this point very quickly a little bit on a little bit of a deeper level. Let's say a person makes a nether. Let's say, why was a person making a nether? So let's say a person says, let's say a person's going into business with someone, right? So the person wants the other person to trust them, the other person to believe them. So how, 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 how are they going to, what, what, what trust do they have, right? What's the trust that they have? So they make a sure. It says, I promise you, right? You speak, you speak in very ter- strong terms. So there's two things that happens. Number one, the other person relates to you, feels that the fact that you're willing to take such strong stance shows on a certain level of commitment. On the same level, it also makes you feel, I can't go against my word, right? You, you, you become, you identify now through the shrua, through the promise, you become much more committed, right? The vow of marriage, right? Let's mean the vow of marriage. Okay, in Judaism, we don't have the vow of marriage. But the concept of marriage is a vow. You're committing yourself to something on a very, on a very deep level. The concept of mashpino is, is not so much... We're why don't we make a shvua when we get married? Why don't we make it like one thing to identify ourselves? That's a good question. That is a good question. Maybe it's something to, to think about, Taka. Why don't we make a shua in that sense? But, okay... Because it could be broken. Okay, I mean, we could talk about that as a separate point, but I just want to focus more here on the Tanya. So, 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 so the Mashpin is not so much making him swear to impose on himself the concept of being a tzaddik, but rather it's facilitating and enabling the person to actually identify being the tzaddik and therefore being committed to this way of life. But the Alter Rebbe is going to deal with a problem right away. The Alter Rebbe says, if you continue on, it says over there that even if the entire world tells you you're a holy man, you're a tzaddik, you're a good guy, you should think of yourself as a Russia. So first, Alter Rebbe questions this from another statement of Chazal. We have a statement in Chazal in the second chapter of Avis. It says over there, You're not supposed to see yourself as a Russia. So this is a blatant contradiction. One statement of Chazal says you consider yourself a Russia. Another statement of Chazal says you shouldn't consider yourself a Russia. Fine. So there's a problem with the contradiction of Chazal. But then the Alter Rebbe deals with a much more logical question. What's the more logical question? It's not logical as logical. It's more psychological. Says the Alter Rebbe, this is a very, very important fundamental question that really leads us to the whole essence of Tanya. He says, says another, he says, says, he says there's a problem. If a person is going to look at himself as a Russia, there's a double-edged problem. He says, number one, you're Lvovyotsev. What happens if you think yourself as a Russia? Feel bad? You're gonna feel negative, you're gonna be depressed. You're not gonna f- who feels good constantly thinking of himself bad? What how could you be motivated in doing anything good if you're always thinking of yourself as bad? That's the, that's the first problem of anybody when you're dealing with people who have issues, right? Everybody has issues. But those, you know, what the, the first thing is that they're always thinking negatively about themselves. They have a negative self-image, and that's that itself is what holds them back from being motivated to do the right thing. So the question is, says Alter Rebbe, how could there even be the notion, how could there even be the possibility of assuming that one should think of himself in a negative way, that itself will be the antithesis of him doing anything that he needs to do? The very statement of Mashbina 
If you want the person to be tzaddik, how do you therefore tell him at the same time, think of yourself as a Russia? That doesn't make any sense. It's counterproductive. He says, You want able to serve God properly. You want able to be in a state of simcha. Now, what does it mean, simcha? This is a very, um, I think, mis- mis- misunderstood word. What does joy mean? Simcha, joy. What does it mean, simcha? Simcha is not jumping up and down. That's not what simcha means. Simcha doesn't mean where I feel so much energy flowing through my body that I'm excited and all that. No, simcha means being positive. That's what simcha. The contrast Alter Rebbe is going to be dealing with in Tanya is the difference between negative energy and positive energy. That is the form, for, that's the foremost dichotomy or the foremost struggle that the Alter Rebbe deals with. Positive versus negative energy. When we're going to deal about depression, when we're going to deal about inner self-confidence, when we're going to deal about people who are obsessed, the major problem here is the negative energy that's flowing through your body. We identify that energy with the Nevesha Bahamas, as Al Tareb is going to explain. That is where, how we identify that negative energy. But there's the contrast between the negative energy and the positive energy. In order to be religious, says Al Tareb, in order to believe in religion, in order to accept religion, in order to be the tzaddik of religion, you can't be negative. You can't have this negative energy within your body. If you have negative energy, you'll have no motivation, no interest in being religious. You have to have simcha, you have to have positive energy. It's a commandment in the Torah itself. The Torah says you have to serve God through simcha, through positive energy. If you don't have a positive self-image, you can't serve God. It's end of story. If you don't do put on tefillin with, with a certain positivity, then you're not really putting on tefillin, perhaps. So how could it be that the Mishnah, the, 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 the Chazal is telling me that I have to think negatively? That's the first part of it. The second part of it, he says, He says on the other end, he says from the other extreme, he says, if, you're, if you accept yourself, you know, okay, fine, Sama Russia. What happens when a person thinks of himself negatively? What happens naturally? No motivation. To no himself. motivation. There's total complacency. You have no drive, no interest in doing anything. Okay, fine, I'm a bad person anyway, right? The victim, the victimized. What? Kalos means you'll come, yeah, like, like cow. You'll be, you know, you'll be willing to, 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 to be, uh, you know, okay, so I'm a rush anyway, you know, big deal. You know, like, why should I try to be anything better? Right? How many times have I heard people say, this is who I am? Right? You accept, you accept your negativity. Is you accept your thing. Anyway, like yeah, sort of like I'm going to hell anyway, so why should I even bother with all of this type of thing? But How is that not no, odd safe is, is that you're depressed, you're upset that you're a Russia. Here you're saying, no, fine, Adrab, I'm a Russia. No, I think this stage is coming after. Once you're already upset that you're No, Russia, you could you have. Know, because it doesn't just come like that, that you just don't No, care. no, you're right. You're, you're, you're touching on. You're touching on a very good point. What you're bringing up is something that Al-Tareb is going to deal with a little later, and that is the point that seemingly one leads to the next. In other words, first what starts off is that you feel something is wrong. I'm negative about myself. And then, instead of trying to change yourself and try to be positive, you just accept that fact. And it leads to that, that yeah, state yeah. of negativity. Here the Al-Tareb is just saying, he says, if Chazal tell you that you're supposed to think negative about yourself, being a Russia, if it means thinking of yourself as a Russia, that you're a bad person, he says, not only does it have the results you want, it has the opposite of the results, in two ways. Either you're not going to be able to serve God properly. You have certain people that are motivated by their negative self-image, right? They want to know more Torah, they want to know more things because they think they're not knowledgeable enough. 
So you could say the negative drives the positive, but there's a problem with that, right? People work out in the gym. Why do they work out in the gym? Because they want to look, look a certain way. So their negative self-image is what drives them in order to go work out. So technically working out is a good thing, but it's based, it's founded on, it's motivated by a negative obsession about your image, right? So that's the first point Dr. Rebbe is saying. Your Judaism is going to be driving, is being dri- driven, and is being motivated by a negative self-image. Is that what's the issue with Musser? That is a big problem with Musr, yes. Musr is dealing primarily with the negative, and that is the antithesis of Chassidus. Chassidus always looks at the fact that you have to be in a positive state of being. You can't have this negative state of being. So that's, in a way, this is very much the antithesis of that state. But the next, the, the other argument that Rebbe says is not so much that you're not going to be positive and, and, and you're not going to be able to, 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 to be motivated to do anything. It's on the contrary. You're just going to accept this as who you are and therefore not be the tzaddik, not try to be better, not try to change. The Alter Rebbe says that makes no sense. You can't be that this is the, going to be your state. So Alter Rebbe here lays out right from the beginning the major problem of being Jewish. In other words, what's, why does Alter Rebbe start with this question? Why is this the beginning of Tanya? Why is this the opening statement of Tanya? It's the first five or six lines of Tanya. Why is this the question? Because Alter Rebbe in these few lines is really introducing to us the biggest problem that we have. Positive energy versus negative energy. Are we thinking good about ourselves? Do we feel positive in where we're going or we don't feel positive where we're going? And the negative is the main problem. Now, what the al is going to do next is the al is going to therefore switch fundamentally the meaning of tzaddik and rasha. And when we switch what tzaddik and rasha means, that could change the statement of Chazal. It also enables us to begin to appreciate on a much more fundamental level, on a much more basic level, the concept of what does it mean positive versus negative energy. So the first major switch that the Alter Rebbe does over here is the Alter Rebbe starts dealing with the concept of a tzaddik in Russia, the way Chazal look at tzaddik in Russia. And from that stage on, the Alter Rebbe then sh- says that it can't mean the way it's perceived in Chazal, or the way it's been always explained in, the, in Chazal. Rather, it has to mean something other. When he explains that it means something else, then all of a sudden we could start dealing with the real concept over here of tzaddik and a Russia. So let's just quickly... Um, bring what the Alter Rebbe says over here, the Gemaras, that talk about the concept of a tzaddik and a rasha. So the Alter Rebbe says, the concept here is, the Gemara finds, we find in the Gemara, five types of people, five groups of people. You have a tzaddik v'tayvli, a tzaddik v'rali, a rasha v'tayvli, a rasha v'lali, a benini. Okay, what does that mean? He says, a pirshu v'gemara. What does the Gemara explain? What is a tzaddik v'tayvli? A tzaddik gomer, a tzaddik v'rali, a tzaddik sheni gomer. Seemingly, a tzaddik v'tayvli means a tzaddik who has good things happen to him in his life. That's what a tzaddik means. Right? So the Gemara says, how could you have a tzaddik that bad things happen to him? If he's a tzaddik, you know, he'd always get good. Right? He shouldn't, he shouldn't have anything bad ever happen to him. How could it be that he's a tzaddik and he has bad happening to him? Says the Alter because it doesn't, that is not really happening to him. It says, says the Gemara, the Gemara says because he's not really such a tzaddik. He's a tzaddik Shani Gomer. He's a little bit of a tzaddik. He didn't work for it. He came in natural. We'll see. The Al is again. The is going to redefine a concept of a tzaddik, and therefore the whole concept of the gemara is going to change. But simple pshat means since he's not a full complete tzaddik, meaning he does still he still has some averus, so therefore he deserves to be punished for those averus. That's what the gemara pashup pshat in the gemara tzaddik means. Tzaddik with is uh, isn't a tzaddik that doesn't struggle with the yitzhar. That's the Al Terebah's chiddush. We didn't get there yet. Says the Alter Rebbe, so the Gemara, then he says a Bereibahem, and then furthermore, if you look in the Zayar, the Zayar says, Parshish Mishpat and Pirish Tzadik Veralei, Shaharash Shabayin Kofaf Latayv. He says, what does it mean, Raleigh? What does it mean that you have a Tzadik that has Raleigh? It doesn't mean that he has bad happening to him. 
the Zoya already explains that a tzaddik v'ra'alei means that his bad that he has within him is completely subservient to his good. But what does that mean? What is the Raya Mahemnich explaining? Is he explain, he's obviously not explaining like the Gemara. The, the, the Zoya is not explaining tzaddik v'ra'alei like the Gemara. It obviously, there's already a difference in, in the interpret, interpretation of the two. And we're going to see what the Altareb is going to say is that the concept of a tzaddik v'ra'alei later in chapter 10, the Altareb is going to explain that tzaddik v'ra'alei is referring to a tzaddik that he has a susceptibility to Ra. We'll explain later what that means. He has a susceptibility to Ra, but he never actually comes to fruition. But he sus- never sus- entertains. Susceptibility. susceptibility means that there is, it's not so repulsive to him. Right? Let's say a person is smoking a cigarette. Or, or, or certain people smoking cigarettes are so repulsive. It's disgusting to them. They can't even imagine it. That's like a tzaddik with toibli. A tzaddik with rally, like, I can understand the idea of smoking a cigarette. He'll never do it. He'll never even have a desire to do it, but he's not so... So we'll see in chapter 10 a lot more about that. So says the Alter Rebbe further, he says furthermore, the Gemara Seferik Tess Baruch is the end of the ninth chapter of Baruch is, it says, Sadiqin Yetzatayv Shaytan, Shem Yetzahar Shaytan, Beinim Zev Zev Shaytan, Amarabak Genen Abeinini. So the Gemara there says that Yavit Sadiq is someone who has the Yetzatayv judging, being the judge. And... And a Rosh has a Yitzhahara judging, and a Benini has both judging. And Rabba says, I'm a Benini. Armale Abai Abai tells him, You're not allowing anybody to live. If you're the Benini, that means, how could you be a Benini? Then we're for sure a Rosh. In other words, if Rabba, the leader of the generation, did not see it's like the Rebbe coming out and saying he's a Benini. If the Rebbe saying he's a Benini, then we're, we're for sure a Rosh, right? So it makes no sense, says, 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 says Abai. He doesn't say. The problem over here with Al Rebbe doing is Al Rebbe is throwing in a lot of information, explaining nothing. He's just telling you that this is what the Gemara, what we have from the same of Chazal between these five groups of people. Says Al Rebbe, He says, in order to really understand this properly, we have to understand another statement in Chazal. The statement says, the Gemara there says, Eov, Eov is a character in, in, in Tanakh, whether he really lived or didn't live is a discussion in the Gemara, but Eov discusses, says to God, he says, he says like this, he says, you, you, you've created the Tzadik, you've created the Rasha. So here the Altarev is now beginning to ask the question like this, is Tzadik Rasha based on our actions, or is Tzadik Rasha based on our dispositions? Is it natural, is it innate for a person to be a Tzadik? Is a person born a Tzadik versus born to Russia, or no. But here, I can, is, 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 I can make myself a tzaddik, I can make myself a Russia. Based on the shua, it seems like it's... Oh, so we already natural. said, based on the shua, a tzaddik is something that every person has to strive to be, to heed tzaddik, to Russia. It seems like it's an innate type of state, right? Is so, this saying about the Torah that like, certain people are born... Yes, we're going to see that later. We're going to see that later. But Alter Rebbe is going to say, if we're focusing on the way Chazal seemed to explain Tzadik and Arusha based on one's actions, if it's based on one's actions, you can't say someone who's born a Tzadik or born a Russia. The baby is not a Tzadik or a Russia. He didn't do anything. He didn't do good or bad. He's not a Tzadik or a Russia. So you can't define a Tzadik and a Russia based on that. So this is the beginning introduction to Alter Rebbe says, V'tzadik or a Russia, loy kamar. It says, but in the Gemara, Nita doesn't say that God doesn't say if he's going to be a tzaddik or a rasha. So now, what's going on here? Is a person born with the potential to be a tzaddik? If it's based on actions, you can't say that's potential. Actions is either you do it, you don't. Based under the circumstances, you're either going to be a tzaddik or you're not going to be a tzaddik. Furthermore, says the Rebbe, you can't say that a Benini is someone who does half time, half he has half mitzvahs and half of theirs. He says, Rabba would have never made a mistake by saying he's a Russia, that he's a Benini. Rabba knew he never sinned. He wasn't an idiot. He's not going to lie. 
He's not going to be humble to the point of lying. He was honest. To him, he never sinned. He knew he never sinned. If a Bainini is someone who sins sometimes, then it can't be that Rabbi, that, that Rabbi considered himself a Bainini. So for these, these are the two fundamental questions that lead the Alter Rebbe to revolutionize our understanding of what a Tzadik and a Russia is. And then the Alter Rebbe continues and he says, even furthermore, he says, at the time a person does an Aver, he's called a, tzad, a Russia. But the moment later, he can be considered a Tzadik. So obviously, you see that the concept of a Tzadik and a Russia are things which are not based on actions, but rather, as Alter Rebbe is going to revolutionize and explain that a tzaddik rasha is based on a personality, a disposition, and a state that a person is. A person so, could be in a state of a tzaddik or in a state of a rasha, and for that matter, a state of a vanity. And with that understanding, we're going to be able to go on to the journey to understand how is it that a person could relate to himself in the sense of being a Russia, yet strive to be a Bainini, and that doesn't contradict his motivation, it doesn't take away his state of positivity. In fact, it may increase his state of positivity, it may give him a better understanding and appreciation of himself. In essence, what the Rebbe is going to begin to tell us, if you really know who you are, and you accept who you are, as the Rebbe says this clearly in chapter 27, you accept who you are, then you have a positive out- out- outlook, a positive direction in life. The problem is, when you get confused of who you are, and you don't appreciate who you are, and that's where you have a lot of struggle. So the first nine, ten chapters are going to be trying to just lay out the different types of people. Then we're going to focus on who we could be, what our potentials are, and understanding our shortcomings, and accepting them, realizing them. And then we can move on to saying, how do we work with our problems with who we have? But so we didn't completely finish reading the inside. Today's time ends with the Haggah, with the actual um, um, uh, marginal note. So... Okay, so we're in the middle of Parak Bays. The Alter Rebbe began Parak Bays by explaining that the concept of the Nefesh Elikis is that the Nefesh Elikis is a chelak alakam and ma'al mamish, comes directly or is a part of the essence of Hashem. And the Alter Rebbe went on to explain that this is the idea of that Eibishter uh, is the Yisrael Olav Machshova, the concept of Manda Nofach, Metoichei Nofach, the blowing from the in-depth, the depths, the Neshama arises from the depths from within God. And al Rebbe then went on to say that this is the level of Chochmah, Chochmosev the Eibishter, which is one with him, as the Rambam says. And we explained at length this concept based on other areas in Hasidus about what this all means. Now, al Rebbe then continues by asking a question. So... The, the Rebbe says, we're holding now three lines from the bottom of Vavah Meralef. The Rebbe says, says, V'af sh'yesh r'vivayis minei chalukis madregis b'neshavayis g'boya ma'al g'voy le'inkez. He says, although seemingly one will ask a question. So what essentially are we saying here? What we're saying here is, is that every, every person, every neshama stems from Atzmus, every neshama stems from the essence of God. Every neshama stems from God himself. But says the Alter Rebbe says, asks, if you look around, we see that there are many different levels of neshamas. There are neshamas which are higher, and there are neshamas which are lower. He says, He says, we see that there were certain generations where their neshamas were much greater than our generations, which is ikvaso de meshicha, which is like the heel, which is like the end of the foot, the bottom, the end part of the, of the, of the soul. And, and like the difference between the brain, uh, the, like the, the heel to the brain. So what, what is the question over here is? The question over here is, is that how could we say that there's all, we all stem from the same location when we see various differences 
between levels of neshamas. How could you have varying differences between levels of neshamas if, if we all come from the same place? If you think about this idea a little bit deeper, so first of all, just to pick on a few words that the Alter Rebbe learns, this idea of ikvasa the Meshicha. So first of all, we have to understand that when God created man, Odom Arishan, original man, God created the original man as a neshama klolos. This is a very essential idea brought in Chassidus based on that result that Odom Arishan had the neshama klolos. The neshama klolos means that he had within him all the neshamas included within his soul. His soul was, so to speak, a composite of all the neshamas of all generations. And every specific neshama that will eventually emerge emerges somehow from and is connected with, bound up with Admiration. And this is the idea of a Nasi. When we speak about a Nasi Hadar, a Nasi stands, stands for Nitsutsai Shel Yaakov Avinu. That's the word Nasi. Nitsutsai Shel Yaakov Avinu. Nitsutsai Shel Yaakov Avinu. I mean, the Torah uses the word Nasi as a context of, 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 uh, of uh, Kohen Godel or, 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 or Melech, I mean, a Nasi is a Melech. But a Nasi, in terms of Hasidus, is referring to Nitzutisha Yaakov Avinu, this idea of Broden Kapol, which means he has the Nitzas of Yaakov Avinu. Yaakov Avinu, the Gemara says that Yaakov Avinu says, the Shufri, the Yaakov Avinu, Kain Shufri, Adamarishin. The Gemara Bab says that the beauty of Yaakov was like the beauty of Adamarishin. What does it mean, the beauty? So it doesn't necessarily, it also means physical beauty, but it means also on a spiritual level, as Chassidus explains, it means that Yaakov Avinu also had it, was in Neshama Klolos. Yaakov Avinu, we learned in last week's parish and previous, the past few weeks' parishes, that Bishivim Nefesh, Yerdo Avesachel Mitzrayim, right? That Yaakov went down to Mitzrayim, Bishivim Nefesh, 70 soul. It doesn't say 70 souls, it doesn't say Bishivim Nefoshois, 70 souls, it says in 70 soul. Singular. Why? Because there's one nefesh, which is Yaakov Avinu's neshama, that is made up as a composite of all the neshamas together. So a nasi has within him that element of being the tzutzah Yaakov Avinu, having the neshama haklolas of the generation. So Admar region was the first, Yaakov Avinu then had it, and then every nasi hadar has that element of the tzutzah Yaakov Avinu. Okay. So that's a general nekud of where neshamas come from. But in that itself, there's literally degrees of neshamas. There's many different types of neshamas. And as we said, the neshama of Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, and Moshe Rabbeinu are completely in a different category than our neshamas. What does it mean they're a completely different category? It's not just that they have more ability or less ability. It's not that they have a greater ability than we have less of an ability. And since they have a greater ability, they can refine themselves, they can perfect themselves to feel closer to Hashem or whatever. No. They, to begin with, are original, they're l'chatchila in their essence are much on a, on a higher level. Why is it that the Rebbe was the Rebbe? It wasn't because he worked on himself to become Rebbe. The Rebbe was the Rebbe because his neshama was a neshama of Atzilus. It's, it's, it's a different form of neshama. It's on a higher darg, it's on, it's on a different level. It's al derech when we speak about lahavdil, so to speak, to make a distinction between Kedusha and not Kedusha, the idea of personality types, right? When you speak about different personality types, so <laughs> you have Every person, we're all human beings. We all come from a mother and a father. We all have similar DNA. We all have similar genetics. We all have similar ways our body operates. But at the same time, we actually act differently. Our personality describes and, 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 and is the software, so to speak, of our mechanism, of, 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 of the way we, we take in information, the way we deal with things. And that's a very real thing. That's not a made-up thing. It's a very real thing. And certain people have a higher level of intelligence and certain people have a lesser level of intelligence. That's a very real thing. So if we're saying we all stem from the same source, we come from the Etzim of the Ebishter, how could it be that in the Etzim you could have 
a Moshe Rabbeinu type in Neshama, and then a Mendel Zirkin type in Neshama. Like, how could it be that there's such a vast gulf of a difference between the two? So that's what the Alter Rebbe is saying, that if we all talk come from the same place, it seemingly it's contradictory to say that you come from all the same place, but yet there's so many differences. And the Alter Rebbe says, not only is this true between the vast gulf between earlier generations and later generations, but the Alter Rebbe says, In every generation itself, you see a gulf, you see a mass. Like we said, the Rebbe, Compared to the regular, you know, you'll watch a video of the Rebbe a lot of times. You're watching a video of the Rebbe and you see certain people pass by the Rebbe. And obviously they don't have the same appreciation of what a Rebbe is or don't understand necessarily what a Rebbe is. So they're coming by the Rebbe and they talk to the Rebbe in a way like you would think that they're talking to their friend. And like you're thinking to yourself, you know, what are you doing? Like, you know, you're speaking to like, you cringe, at least for me. You cringe listening to their way they're talking. It's like not just disrespectful, it's almost like totally like... But that, that, just, just, that just highlights, at least for me, this mass gulf of difference between the level. It's like Lahavdal again, if someone would be trying to discuss with Einstein his, you know, his theory of relativity, right? It, it, it's, it's so nonsensical to assume, it's so nonsensical um, to assume that, that, that the person would have any, any relationship with understanding, okay, he could be a very intelligent guy, we're talking about a simple person trying to discuss with Einstein his theory of relativity. It, 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 it doesn't seem like it matches up, right? So even within one generation itself, we see these varying degrees, these varying levels of neshamas. And then the Rebbe says even further, even in the regular multitude, the most people, in every nefesh, the word nefesh sometimes could refer to a specific level of neshama, or the word nefesh could sometimes refer to the more generic name, meaning soul. And in the soul, there is three general levels that relate to that we're conscious of, which is nefesh, ruach, and neshama. Nefesh is the part of the soul which is focused on instinct and action. The ruach is more the emotional soul, and the neshama is the intellectual soul. Says the Alter Rebbe, there's certain people who are more intellectually inclined, certain people which are more capable of understanding and perceiving things on a much deeper level. Other people are more emotionally inclined. I'm not saying people who are emotionally inclined don't understand things very deeply and perceive things deeply. I'm just saying that certain people are more intellectual and their neshama, they're, they're more in tune with their neshama level. Other people are more in tune with their ruach, they're more emotional, and other people are more instinctual. I'm, I, I've, been in, I've, I've mentioned a number of people about the Myers-Briggs personality, right? So the way the Myers-Briggs personality is broken down is generally there's, there's four categories. There's the category of what's known as the NT. Then there's the category of um, uh, there's, there's, a, there, there's well, exactly how to break them down, but basically there's, there's, a, there's an NT, there's an SP, there is an, uh, an, an, F, an, F, uh, an FP, uh, and there's a, um, or an NF, and then there is, and then there's an, S, an, S, an SJ. What's the chilukim in the Madregas over here? An NT is a Baal Seichel. His do- dominant focus in life is Seichel. That's the way he works. I know for myself. That's my, my, my predominant focus, is, is I take in the world through Seichel. I'm not saying I'm in tune with my neshama so much, but that's, that's the Nekudah. They will be more in tune with your deeper neshama. The NTs usually are very, very logical, but there's certain NTs which are very like, if they're more introverted NTs, they're more seekers of truth and trying to find the truth. The Seichel forces a person to want to find the truth. That's like an NT personality type. 
Then you have an SP personality type. An SP personality type is more in the realm of Chochmah. They're not so much within the realm of, of Seichel per se, but they're in a certain category of Seichel, more in the realm of Chochmah of Seichel, which is more like more living within the world of like, uh, like uh, sensing things. They sense certain things. They're very into the sensing world. They perceive, right, they're very perceptive. So that, that is, that, so to speak, more of like a, 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 a aspect of, let's say, the Chochmah part. It, uh, that is perhaps in, in the Seder of the Vesuris, it's Chochmah versus Bina. And then you have the NF. The NF is the deep emotional type of personality type. The deep emotional personality type, the NF is someone who seeks to know something through an experience. They don't want to know, the, they're not interested in knowing the truth, they want to feel the truth. Right? It's an emotional, they're more into the ruach, they want to know the truth. So they're deep seekers, they're highly intuitive people, they want to understand the depths of life, they want to understand what's going on behind the scenes, but it's coming from an emotional place where they want to know it, for not because it's true, because intellectually it's true, they want to feel it. That's why a lot of times you find a clash in personalities between the NT, let's say, versus the NF. An NT, they, don't underst- they could understand something purely from a principal point of view. If it makes sense logically, if it makes sense objectively, if it makes sense within the realms of Seichel, it's true. The NF won't accept it. The NF will say, I don't feel it. I don't experience it. It doesn't speak to me. It doesn't feel right. Because they're living more in their emotional world. And Lamashal, just to bring this point out a little bit, Lamashal, with this, I remember having a discussion with someone years ago, went on a family trip, we went to Tzvas. I was in Israel once, and we went to Tzvas, we went to different... Different, different sites, different holy sites and other places. So we went to Tzvas and we went to the, we went to the Beisach Forest, to the cemetery in Tzvas. So we went and we davened by the Arizal's caver. Went to the mikveh, then went to the Arizal's caver. I nearly got a heat stroke over there because it was such a hot day and I didn't eat anything. And then I went into the mikveh and I came out and I nearly got a, got, got a like the, 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 the change of temperatures was drastic. Either way, yeah. 114 degrees. Um, so, so, um, okay, so, so, so anyway, so we went to the Arizal's Caver, and we went to the Arizal's Caver, so we davened there fine, so I was feeling, you know, a certain, like, a certain feeling, a certain moment of closeness, or whatever it was. So one of my family, one of my siblings asked me afterwards, like he said, like, like, did you feel anything there? Like, was, did you? So I said, yeah, I said, like, I thought, you know, this Arizal, he says, but you know that there was... Uh, there was at least two ma- major earthquakes over the past four or five hundred years. How do you know this was exactly where Darizal is? Maybe he was moved ten feet. So I said, listen, I said, I don't know. I said, I know millions of people have come to Davin here. For me, that's enough. Million- that itself makes it holy. Right? There's millions of, like today's time, he says, I'll call Be'asor, Shkinta Shari, the Gemara and says, ten people come together. That makes it holy. There's millions of people. But for him, that's not enough. Because that's, that's a logical... That's more of an. That's more of like a a seichelik type of answer for him. He wanted to know that he's actually in the space of the Arizal itself. It's a certain emotional attachment to the place. It has to be an experience, not an intellectual knowledge. So that's sort of the difference between the realms of neshama versus the realms of ruach. And then you have what's known as the SJ, which is more mice of a pale, the foot soldier, the one who goes and does things, very practically minded. They're geared to doing things because that's what has to be done. They're very faithful to tradition. You can have an introverted, you have an ISTJ, ISF, whatever makes no difference, the chilukim of the personality. But the SJ is very like, 
very 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 nafshiistic. They're very nefeshtik type of people. They can be genuinely, very genuine people, very real people, as we say in Yiddish, very earnest, very sincere. But, but, but they're not very into the emotional world. They're not very into the intellectual world. They're very into the practical reality of what you got to do in the doing world. That's that personality type. So what Altreb is saying is, is that, again, Lahavdil in the Neshama, in the Nefesh, we see even amongst people, there's different levels. You have those that are primarily in tune with their Neshama, and there's those that are in primarily in tune with their Ruach, and others are primarily in tune with their Nefesh. So how could we say, says the Altreb, that we all stem from the same place? How can you say that everybody comes from the same location? That doesn't make any sense. If you come from the same place, you should all have the same disposition. And we don't find that. So this is the question that Dr. Rebbe is asking and presenting here now that we explained that seemingly we're all a chelik So Dr. Rebbe is now going to go into explain this concept by explaining a very crucial, important idea which is very, very important for a number of reasons. First and foremost, to understand how is it that although there are taka at many, many levels, and although taka, there is a concept, the Rebbe mentions this a few times in Tanya, that every person, depending on the level of his, of his tchunas hanefesh, depending on his personality, his spiritual personality, he'll have a different realization, a different connection to Judaism, a different connection to God. Right? There's certain people that have a much more keen intuition, let's say, into God. And other people don't have that. They have more of an emotional connection to God. Other people have more of an instinctual connection. It's something that they just feel that there's a God or whatever it is to do, be religious, whatever it may be. So although there is, there's definitely a distinction within levels, and there's certain people that have a more of a closer feeling, more of a realer, a truer feeling, more of an experience versus other people, but at the end of the day, we all actually have the same source. And not only do we have the same source, we all have the abilities to tap into that source and therefore be able to reach that same level as everybody else. But the catch is, is that we have to be connected to the Neshama HaKlolis. As we started off before, the Neshama HaKlolis is what connects all the Neshamas back into the source. So if we stem from the Etzim of the Ebishter or more precisely the way the Al-Turbid defines here in chapter 2, we stem from Chochmah Vatsilos, which we'll talk about a little bit at some point later, what Chochmah Vatsilos is. When, we get, when we're talking about coming from Chochmah Vatsilos, we all have Chochmah Vatsilos. In the world of Chochmah Vatsilos, the experience of godliness is very real. The Rebbe, for example, by the Rebbe, it wasn't that God was an idea. God wasn't a concept. God wasn't something he read in the book. God wasn't something that he, he studied about. God was something very, very real. There's a famous story with the Tzamech Tzedek. I don't know if it's famous, but it's a story with the Tzamech Tzedek that was once a, a, a person who came to the Tzamech Tzedek and told the Tzamech Tzedek, he says, that I don't believe there's God. Prove to me there's a God. So the Tzamech Tzedek said, do you know, do you believe there's a czar? Right? They were living in Russia. They were living, living under the czar. Do you believe there's a czar? So he says, of course there's, I believe there's a czar. He says, how do you know there's a czar? Now you have to realize it wasn't like today where you have what's, we have television and you could see the king. And no, you have no idea. How do you know? You live in a, in a little village in Lubavitch. How do you know there's a czar in, back in uh, Petersburg? How do you know? So he says, what do you mean? I have a brother. A brother's a very wealthy businessman. And he does business you know, throughout Russia. And he does business even with big nobles and big you know, wealthy knockers back in Petersburg. And they tell him that there's a czar. He says, and that's why you believe there's a czar. Because your brother has business connections with people that know and say that there's a czar. And that's why you believe there's a czar. He says, believe me, I know there's God. I saw him. 
That's what the Samach Tzedek says. But that's true. A Rebbe doesn't just know there's an Abishter. Obviously, he's still limited on, in a physical body. An Asham in a physical body, the Alpeb is going to say later, is still limited, is still not still connected on the ultimate level. But the, Rebbe, the Rebbe's connection to God wasn't just this, like, he was just more religious than us type of thing. You know, he believed in it more. No, he actually, he actually experienced it more. It was more real because he actually, his neshama was deeply, much more connected. It's like, for example, you know, uh, maybe this is not such a great example, but to maybe bring out the point a little bit, let's say, you know, you're invited over to someone else's house, right? And you see the way your friend, let's say you're invited over to your friend's house, so you see the way your friend, you know, the interaction between your friend and his parents. Let's say, you know, it's a very loving family and they're, they're acting, you know, there's a certain friend. You feel a little bit, you don't feel that love. Even if, even if the parents are very nice to you also, you don't, you don't feel that love. You don't feel that connection as much. Why? Why don't you feel that connection? Because it's not as real. It's not your parents. The child feels that love. The child actually feels that connection. You don't because it's not really your parents. Don't you so, like, act in the same way like that? When, when the parents are like that? No, that's a different story. I'm just saying is that when a friend goes, when you go over to someone else's friend, so when, you, so in other words, the person is being nice to you, the person is acting nice to you. Also, the parents are being very nice to you, but the child feels the love of the parents when they're in that interaction versus you between them. You just see them as nice strangers, friendly strangers who are my friend's parents. So it's not exactly a very good muscle because at the end of the day, we're not like friends, so to speak. We're actually part and parcel as the, of the neshama kolos, but for a rebbe, his 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 experience with God is on a whole different whole different level. On a whole different, it's a whole different beginning. It's a whole different level, and that's chokhmah v'atzilus. And chokhmah v'atzilus is the true, pristine experience of godliness, as as at least on the level of godliness, the way it comes into creation. There's still a separation, which we'll talk, get to at another point. So says Alter, with Alter, his main answer is going to. B is that despite the fact that we all do have varying levels and we all do relate differently, our connections to God is different, our connections to the way we relate to our nefesh or our ruach and neshama, the levels of how much of our nefesh and how much of our ruach and how much of our neshama is all very different in quality and quantity, despite all that, says Alter Rebbe, we all stem from the same place and we all have the ability, we all have the ability to be connected to the same place for one reason, that is through the Rebbe. When you're connected, says the Alter Rebbe, to the Neshama HaKlolis, that automatically makes you connected to your real essence and to your real source. And this explains, we'll hopefully get to learn it a little bit more, this explains why a Rebbe could tell you in Yechidus who you are. Why could the Rebbe tell you what your job in this world is? Why could the Rebbe tell you who you really are? Because the Rebbe, you're not just, you're not an outsider to the Rebbe, you're a part of the Rebbe. The Rebbe just looks within himself and senses certain things. When you went into Yechidahs, you didn't just go into the Rebbe and there was two separate people, there was you and the Rebbe. You are, Yechidahs literally means unification, right? Yachid, to be unified. That's Yechidahs. There was a unification between your part of your soul as it's connected to the Rebbe. That's what, that's the idea that Chassidus explains. That's the concept of the unification between a chassid and a rebbe. So when you went into Yechidus, you were connecting to that inner self, the rebbe recognizing that inner self of you through himself, and therefore he could tell you what's going on. You are not aware because you're so far removed from that self. But the rebbe, who is aware, could tell you what's going on. It's not like he has this psycho, psychic powers. It's not that the rebbe has psychic powers. The rebbe has the ability to be in tune with himself very deeply. 
about non-Jews? What about non-Jews? Right. So therefore, so at that level, the Rebbe never, I don't know if Yechidus or the Rebbe had were non-Jews to that extent. I don't know. But, but okay, he was able to know certain things, obviously, from obviously also from a Ruach HaKadosh point of view and from a deeper level in a Hanami. There is that aspect. But the, but the point is, is that at least for us, the Rebbe could take us to a place that we can't reach by ourselves because he's that medium that connects our essence with our being. That's the whole Mimer Bata the Tzava. The last Mimer that we have from the Rebbe that we chazer every year, Gimel Tammuz, is the Mimer. One of the major themes of that Mimer is this concept that the Moshe, the Rebbe, the generation, is what bridges the gap between us and God, between us and our source, between, and, and the truth is, Rebbe there explain, the Rebbe explains that really he only takes us so far. We, at the end of the day, have to really do the whole, the, the, the main work at the end. But the point, though, is, what's, what's the point here in Perak Bays? Is that you could have, you could feel like you're more of a nefeshtikat person. You're an SJ. You're a person that just does things. You just, you're just very much into the natural, physical world. You live in the world of the physical, physical world. You're just very connected to the physical. You just do things. You're not trying to perceive deep or whatever. But when you connect yourself to the essence through the Rebbe, so then you could actually be in tune with your essence and in tune with your real soul, which is a mamish. So therefore, the Rebbe is going to say, and he's going to give a mashal, he's going to give an analogy to this to explain how this works, that even if you have very different levels, you have things which come through, he's going to explain through DNA or whatever, things that come through with different, many, many different levels, it doesn't take away that even the lowest level could essentially have and be connected to the highest level. And really, on an essential level, there is no distinction between the highest and the lowest level. The only difference is, once you break, once you get, once you remove yourself from the essence and you move into the realm of expression, in, 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 into the realm of the way the soul manifests itself, to use some of these fancy words in the lessons of Tanya, right? Where the soul manifests itself, where the soul comes the gili, when it reveals itself. And those levels of the neshama, yes, there could be distinctions, but in the essence of the soul, every Jewish soul is the same. To recognize the essence, to be in tune with that essence, that is primarily through the idea of being in tune with the Nasi, which has my neshama bound up with his neshama, and his, since his neshama is rooted in the essence of God, therefore I could be connected. Why isn't the expression of the essence the same? Because, as we explained in one of the previous classes, or a mo'or, however much the or reveals of the mo'or, there's nothing stopping it, whatever, then it should all be this. Right. Oh, very good question. So, this goes back to a question you actually asked a few days ago, a similar question. So, now Trevor is going to explain how this evolution process has happened. You're right. Seemingly, you're asking if it's, we're all just an expression of the essence, the expression of the essence should be infinite like the essence. So, how do you have the differences, right? So, we're going to see. We're going to get into the fact that there is an evolutionary process, the Jewish evolution, the, the Jewish perspective, perspective of the soul's evolution. We're going to get into the discuss that in Hashem tomorrow. That this, that discussion. It's a very important discussion of how that evolutionary process takes place. Okay, we'll stop over here. Okay, so we're in the middle of Parag Bays. The Alter Rebbe began Parag Bays by explaining that the concept of the Nefesh Elikis is that the Nefesh Elikis is a chelak alakam and mal mamish, comes directly or is a part of the essence of Hashem. And the Alter Rebbe went on to explain that this is the idea of that Eibishter uh, is the Yisrael Olav Machshova, the concept of Manda Nofach, Metoichei Nofach, the blowing from the in-depth, the depths, the neshama arises from the depths from within God, 
And the Altrebbe then went on to say that this is the level of Chochmah, Chochmosev Debisher, which is one with him, as the Rambam says. And we explained at length this concept based on other areas in Hasidus about what this all means. Now, the Altrebbe then continues by asking a question. So the Altrebbe says, we're holding now three lines from the bottom of Vav Amar Aleph. The Altrebbe says, says, Ba'af he says, although seemingly one will ask a question. So what essentially are we saying here? What we're saying here is, is that every, every person, every neshama stems from atzmus. Every neshama stems from the essence of God. Every neshama stems from God himself. But says the Alter says, says, asks, if you look around, we see that there are many different levels of neshamas. There are neshamas which are higher and there are neshamas which are lower. He says, He says, We see that there were certain generations where their neshamas were much greater than our generations, which is ikpas of the meshicha, which is like the heel, which is like the end of the foot, the bottom, the end part of the, of the, of the soul. And, and like the difference between the brain uh, the, the, like the, the heel to the brain. So what, what is the question over here is? The question over here is, is that how could we say that there's all, we all stem from the same location when we see various differences between levels of neshamas? How could you have varying differences between levels of neshamas if, if we all come from the same place? If you think about this idea a little bit deeper, so first of all, just to pick on a few words that the Alter Rebbe learns, this idea of ikvasud and meshicha. So first of all, we have to understand that when God created man, Odom Arish, an original man, God created the original man as a neshama klolos. This is a very essential idea, based on that result, that Odom Arish had the neshama klolos. And neshama klolos means that he had within him all the neshamas included within his soul. His soul was, so to speak, a composite of all the neshamas of all generations. And every specific neshama that will eventually emerge emerges somehow from and is connected with, bound up with Admiration. And this is the idea of a Nasi. When we speak about a Nasi Hadar, a Nasi stands, stands for Nitsutsai Shel Yaakov Avinu. That's the word Nasi. Nitsutsai Shel Yaakov Avinu. Nitsutsai Shel Yaakov Avinu. I mean, the Torah uses the word Nasi as a context of, 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 uh, of uh, Koyin Godel or, 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 or Melech, I mean, a Nasi is a Melech. But a Nasi, in terms of Hasidus, is referring to Nitzutishel Yaakov Avinu, this idea of Brodon Kapol, which means he has the Nitzas of Yaakov Avinu. Yaakov Avinu, the Gemara says that Yaakov Avinu says, the Shufri, the Yaakov Avinu, Kain Shufri, Adamarishin. The Gemara Mbab Metziah says that the beauty of Yaakov was like the beauty of Adamarishin. What does it mean, the beauty? So it doesn't necessarily, it also means physical beauty, but it means also on a spiritual level, as Chassidus explains, it means that Yaakov Avinu also had it, was a Neshama Klolos. Yaakov Avinu, we learned in last week's parish and previous, the past few weeks' parishes, that Bishivim Nefesh, Yerdo Avisachal Mitzrayim, right? That Yaakov went down to Mitzrayim, Bishivim Nefesh, 70 souls. It doesn't say 70 souls, it doesn't say Bishivim Nefoshois, 70 souls, it says in 70 souls. Singular. Why? Because there's one nefesh, which is Yaakov Avinu's neshama, that is made up as a composite of all the neshamas together. So a nasi has within him that element of being the tzutisha Yaakov Avinu, having the neshama haklolas of the generation. So Admar region was the first, Yaakov Avinu then had it, and then every nasi hadar has that element of the tzutisha Yaakov Avinu. Okay. So that's a general nekud of where neshamas come from. But in that itself, 
there's literally degrees of neshamas. There's many different types of neshamas. And as we said, the neshama of Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, and Moshe Rabbeinu are completely in a different category than our neshamas. What does it mean they're a completely different category? It's not just that they have more ability or less ability. It's not that they have a greater ability than we have less of an ability. And since they have a greater ability, they can refine themselves, they can perfect themselves to feel closer to Hashem or whatever. No. They, to begin with, are original, their lechatchila, in their essence, are much on a, on a higher level. Why is it that the Rebbe was the Rebbe? It wasn't because he worked on himself to become Rebbe. The Rebbe was the Rebbe because his neshama was a neshama of Atzilus. It's, it's, it's a different form of neshama. It's on a higher darge. It's on, it's on a different level. It's al derech when we speak about lahavdil, so to speak, to make a distinction between Kedusha and not Kedusha, the idea of personality types, right? When you speak about different personality types, so <laughs> you have every person, we're all human beings, we all come from a mother and a father, we all have similar DNA, we all have similar genetics, we all have similar ways our body operates, but at the same time, we actually act differently. Our personality describes and, 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 and is the software, so to speak, of our mechanism, of, 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 of the way we, we take in information, the way we deal with things. And that's a very real thing. That's not a made-up thing. It's a very real thing. And certain people have a higher level of intelligence and certain people have a lesser level of intelligence. That's a very real thing. So if we're saying we all stem from the same source, we come from the Etzim of the how could it be that in the Etzim you could have a Moshe Rabbeinu type in Neshama and then a Mendel Zirkin type in Neshama? Like, how could it be that there's such a vast gulf of a difference between the two? So that's what the Alter Rebbe is saying, that if we all come from the same place, it seemingly it's contradictory to say that you come from all the same place, but yet there's so many differences. And the Alter Rebbe says, not only is this true between the vast gulf between earlier generations and later generations, but the Alter Rebbe says, In every generation itself, you see a gulf, you see a mass. Like we said, the Rebbe, Compared to the regular, you know, you, you watch a video of the Rebbe a lot of times. You're watching a video of the Rebbe and you see certain people pass by the Rebbe. And obviously they don't have the same appreciation of what a Rebbe is or don't understand necessarily what a Rebbe is. So they're coming by the Rebbe and they talk to the Rebbe in a way like you would think that they're talking to their friend. And like you're thinking to yourself, you know, what are you doing? Like, you know, you're speaking to like, you cringe, at least for me. You cringe listening to their way they're talking. It's like not just disrespectful. It's almost like totally like... But that, that, just, just, that just highlights, at least for me, this mass gulf of difference between the level. It's like Lahavdal again, if someone would be trying to discuss with Einstein his, you know, his theory of relativity, right? It, it, it's, it's so nonsensical to assume, it's so nonsensical um, to assume that, that, that the person would have any, any relationship with understanding, okay, he could be a very intelligent guy, we're talking about a simple person trying to discuss with Einstein his theory of relativity. It, 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 it doesn't seem like it matches up, right? So even within one generation itself, we see these varying degrees, these varying levels of neshamas. And then the Rebbe says even further, even in the regular multitudes, the most people, in every nefesh, the word nefesh sometimes could refer to a specific level of neshama, or the word nefesh could sometimes refer to the more generic name, meaning soul. 
And in the soul, there is three general levels that relate to that we're conscious of, which is nefesh, ruach, and neshama. Nefesh is the part of the soul which is focused on instinct and action. The ruach is more the emotional soul, and the neshama is the intellectual soul. Says the Alter Rebbe, there are certain people who are more intellectually inclined, certain people which are more capable of understanding and perceiving things on a much deeper level. Other people are more emotionally inclined. I'm not saying people who are emotionally inclined don't understand things very deeply and perceive things deeply. I'm just saying that certain people are more intellectual and their neshama, they're, they're more in tune with their neshama level. Other people are more in tune with their ruach, they're more emotional, and other people are more instinctual. I've, been in, I've mentioned to a number of people about the Myers-Briggs personality, right? So the way the Myers-Briggs personality is broken down is generally there's, there's four categories. There's the category of what's known as the NT. Then there's the category of, um, uh, there's, there's, a, there, there, there's, well, exactly how to break them down, but basically there's, there's, a, there's an NT, there's an SP, there's an, uh, an, an, F, an, F, uh, an FP, uh, and there's a um, or an NF, and then there is and then there's an S an S an SJ. What's the chilukim in the madregas over here? An NT is a bal seichel. His di- dominant focus in life is seichel. That's the way he works. I know for myself. That's my my, my predominant focus is, is I take in the world through seichel. I'm not saying I'm in tune with my neshama so much, but that's that's the nekuda. That you'll be more in tune with your deeper neshama. The NTs usually are very very logical, but there's certain NTs which are very like, if they're more introverted NTs, they're more seekers of truth and trying to find the truth. The Seichel forces a person to want to find the truth. That's like an NT personality type. Then you have an SP personality type. An SP personality type is more in the realm of Chochmah. They're not so much within the realm of, of Seichel per se, but they're in a certain category of Seichel, more in the realm of Chochmah of Seichel, which is more like, more living within the world of like, uh, like uh, sensing things, they sense certain things. They're very into the it's sensing world. Right? They perceive, right? They're very perceptive. So that that is that, so to speak, more of like a a a, a aspect of let's say the chokhmah part. It is perhaps in, in the seder of the Vesuvius, it's chokhmah versus bina. And then you have the nf. The nf is the deep emotional type of personality type. The deep emotional personality type, the NF is someone who seeks to know something through an experience. They don't want to know, the, they're not interested in knowing the truth, they want to feel the truth, right? It's an emotional, they're more into their ruach, they want to know the truth. So they're deep seekers, they're highly intuitive people, they want to understand the depths of life, they want to understand what's going on behind the scenes but it's coming from an emotional place where they want to know it for not because it's true, because intellectually it's true, they want to feel it. That's why a lot of times you find a clash in personalities between the NT, let's say, versus the NF. An NT, they, don't understand, they could understand something purely from a principal point of view. If it makes sense logically, if it makes sense objectively, if it makes sense within the realms of Seichel, it's true. The NF won't accept it. The NF will say, I don't feel it, I don't experience it, it doesn't speak to me doesn't feel right, because they're living more in their emotional world. And Lamashal, just to bring this point out a little bit, Lamashal, I remember having a discussion with someone years ago, went on a family trip, we went to Tzvas. I was in Israel once, and we went to Tzvas, we went to different, different, different sites, different holy sites and other places, so we went to Tzvas, and we went to the, we went to the Beisach Forest, to the cemetery in Tzvas. 
So we went and we davened by the Arizal's caver. Went to the mikveh, then went to the Arizal's caver. I nearly got heat stroke over there because it was such a hot day and I didn't eat anything. And then I went into the mikveh and I came out and I nearly got a, got, got a, like the, 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 the change of temperatures was drastic. Either way, 114 degrees. Um, so, so, um, so, Okay, so, so, so anyway, so we went to the Arizal's caver. And we went to the Arizal's caver, so we davened there fine. So I was feeling, you know, a certain, like, a certain feeling, a certain moment of closeness, or whatever it was. So one of my family, one of my siblings, asked me afterwards, like he said, like, like did you feel anything there? Like, was, did you? So I said, yeah. I said, like, I thought, you know, this Arizal, he says, but you know that there was, uh, there was at least two ma- major earthquakes over the past four or five hundred years. How do you know this was exactly where Darizal is? Maybe he was moved 10 feet. So I said, listen, I said, I don't know. I said, I know millions of people have come to Davin here. For me, that's enough. Million, that itself makes it holy, right? There's millions of, like today's time, he says, I'll call Be'asor, Shkinta Shari, the Gemara and says, 10 people come together, that makes it holy. There's millions of people, but for him, that's not enough, because that's, that's a logical, that's more of, an, that's more of like a, a Seichotika type of answer. For him, he wanted to know that he's actually in the space of Darizal itself. It's a certain emotional attachment to the place. It has to be an experience, not an intellectual knowledge. So that's sort of the difference between the realms of Neshama versus the realms of Ruach. And then you have what's known as the SJ, which is more mice of a pale, the foot soldier, the one who goes and does things, very practically minded. They're geared to doing things because that's what has to be done. They're very faithful to tradition. You can have an introverted, you have an ISTJ, ISF, whatever makes some difference, the Chilukim of the personality is, but the SJ is very like, very maizbapel, very, very nafshiistic. They're very nefeshtika type of people. They can be genuinely, very genuine people, very real people, as we say in Yiddish, very earnest, very sincere. But, but, but they're not very into the emotional world. They're not very into the intellectual world. They're very into the practical reality of what you got to do in the doing world. That, that's that personality type. So Al-Tareb is saying is, is that, again, Lahavdul in the Neshama, in the Nefesh, we see even amongst people, there's different levels. You have those that are primarily in tune with their Neshama, and there's those that are in primarily in tune with their Ruach, and others are primarily in tune with their Nefesh. So how could we say, says the Alter Rebbe, that we all stem from the same place? How could you say that everybody comes from the same location? That doesn't make any sense. If you come from the same place, you should all have the same disposition. And we don't find that. So this is the question that the Alter Rebbe is asking and presenting here now that we explained that seemingly we're all a chelik al-mamish. So the Alter Rebbe is now going to go into explain this concept by explaining a very crucial, important idea, which is very, very important for a number of reasons. First and foremost, to understand how is it that although there are taka many, many levels, and although taka, there is a concept, the Alter Rebbe mentions this a few times in Tanya, that every person, depending on the level of his tchunas of hanefesh, depending on his personality, his spiritual personality, he'll have a different realization, a different connection to Judaism, a different connection to God, right? There's certain people that have a much more keen intuition, let's say, into God. And other people don't have that. They have more of an emotional connection to God. Other people have more of an instinctual connection. It's something that they just feel that there's a God or whatever it is to do, be religious, whatever it may be. So although there is, there's definitely a distinction within levels, and there's certain people that have a more of a closer feeling, more of a realer, a truer feeling, more of an experience versus other people, but at the end of the day, we all actually have the same source, 
And not only do we have the same source, we all have the abilities to tap into that source and therefore be able to reach that same level as everybody else. But the catch is, is that we have to be connected to the Neshama HaKolos. As we started off before, the Neshama HaKolos is what connects all the Neshamas back into the source. So if we stem from the Etzim of the Ebishter, or more precisely the way the Alter defines here in chapter 2, we stem from Chochma Vatsilos, which we'll talk about a little bit at some point later, what Chochma Vatsilos is. When, we get, when we're talking about coming from Chochma Vatsilos, we all have Chochma Vatsilos. In the world of Chochma Vatsilos, the experience of godliness is very real. The Rebbe, for example, by the Rebbe, it wasn't that God was an idea. God wasn't a concept. God wasn't something he read in the book. God wasn't something that he, he studied about. God was something very, very real. There's a famous story with the Tzamech Tzedek. I don't know if it's famous, but it's a story with the Tzamech Tzedek that was once a, a, a person who came to the Tzamech Tzedek and told the Tzamech Tzedek, he says, that I don't believe there's God. Prove to me there's a God. So the Tzamech Tzedek said, do you know, do you believe there's a czar, right? They were living in Russia, they were living, living under the czar. Do you believe there's a czar? So he says, of course there's, I believe there's a czar. He says, how do you know there's a czar? Now you have to realize it wasn't like today where you have, what's, where you have television and you could see the king. And, uh, you have no idea, how do you know? You live in a, in a little village in Lubavitch. How do you know there's a czar in, back in uh, Petersburg? How do you know? So he says, what do you mean? I have a brother. A brother's a very wealthy businessman, and he does business you know, throughout Russia, and he does business even with big nobles and big you know, wealthy knackers back in Petersburg, and they tell him that there's a czar. So he says, and that's why you believe there's a czar, because your brother has business connections with people that know and say that there's a czar, and that's why you believe there's a czar. He says, believe me, I know there's God. I saw him. That's what the Samach Tzedek says. But that's true. A Rebbe doesn't just know there's an Abishter. Obviously, he's still limited on, in a physical body. An Asham in a physical body, the Alter is going to say later, is still limited, is still not still connected on the ultimate level. But the, Rebbe, the Rebbe's connection to God wasn't just this, like, he was just more religious than us type of thing. You know, he believed in it more. No, he actually, he actually experienced it more. It was more real because he actually, his Neshama was deeply, much more connected. It's like, for example, you know, uh, this is not such a great example, but to maybe bring out the point a little bit, let's say, you know, you're invited over to someone else's house, right? And you see the way your friend, let's say you're invited over to your friend's house, you see the way your friend, you know, the interaction between your friend and his parents. Let's say, you know, it's a very loving family and they're, they're acting, you know, there's a certain friend, you feel a little bit, you don't feel that love. Even if, even if the parents are very nice to you also, you don't, you don't feel that love. You don't feel that connection as much. Why? Why don't you feel that connection? Because it's not as real. It's not your parents. The child feels that love. The child actually feels that connection. You don't because it's not really your parents. Don't you so, like, act in the same way like that? When, when the parents are like that? Give love? No, that's a different story. I'm just saying is that when a friend goes, when you go over to someone else's friend, so when you, so in other words, the person is being nice to you, the person is acting nice to you also, the parents are being very nice to you, but the child feels the love of the parents when they're in that interaction versus you between them. You just see them as nice strangers, friendly strangers, who are my friend's parents. So it's not exactly a very good muscle, because at the end of the day, we're not like friends, so to speak. We're actually part and parcel as the, of the Neshama Kolos. But for a Rebbe, his, his, his experience with God is on a whole different, whole different level, on a whole different 
It's a whole different beginning. It's a whole different level. And that's Chochmah Batzilus. And Chochmah Batzilus is the true pristine experience of godliness, as, as, at least on the level of godliness, the way it comes into creation. There's still a separation, which we'll talk, get to at another point. Says Alter, with Alter, his main answer is going to be is that despite the fact that we all do have varying levels and we all do relate differently, our connections to God is different, our connections to the way we relate to our nefesh or our ruach and neshama, the levels of how much of our nefesh and how much of our ruach and how much of our neshama is all very different in quality and quantity, despite all that, says Alter Rebbe, we all stem from the same place and we all have the ability, we all have the ability to be connected to the same place for one reason, that is through the Rebbe. When you're connected, says the Alter Rebbe, to the Neshama HaKlolis, that automatically makes you connected to your real essence and to your real source. And this explains, we'll hopefully get to learn it a little bit more, this explains why a Rebbe could tell you in Yechidus who you are. Why could the Rebbe tell you what your job in this world is? Why could the Rebbe tell you who you really are? Because the Rebbe, you're not just, you're not an outsider to the Rebbe, you're a part of the Rebbe. The Rebbe just looks within himself and senses certain things. When you went into Yechidus, you didn't just go into the Rebbe and there was two separate people, there was you and the Rebbe. You are, Yechidus literally means unification, right? Yochid, to be unified. That's Yechidus. There was a unification between your part of your soul as it's connected to the Rebbe. That's what, that's the idea that Chassidus explains. That's a concept of the unification between a chassid and a rebbe. So when you went into Yechidus, you were connecting to that inner self, the rebbe recognizing that inner self of you through himself, and therefore he could tell you what's going on. You are not aware because you're so far removed from that self. But the rebbe who is aware could tell you what's going on. It's not like he has this psycho, psychic powers. It's not that the rebbe has psychic powers. The rebbe has the ability to be in tune with himself very deeply. What about non-Jews? What about non-Jews? Right. So therefore, so at that level, the Rebbe never, I don't know if Yechidus or the Rebbe had were non-Jews to that extent. I don't know. But, but okay, he was able to know certain things, obviously, from obviously also from a Ruach HaKadosh point of view and from a deeper level in a Hanami. There is that aspect. But the, but the point is, is that at least for us, the Rebbe could take us to a place that we can't reach by ourselves because he's that medium that connects our essence with our being. That's the whole Mimer Bata the Tzava. The last Mimer that we have from the Rebbe, that we chazer every year, Gimel Tammuz, is the Mimer. One of the major themes of that Mimer is this concept that the Moshe, the Rebbe, the generation, is what bridges the gap between us and God, between us and our source. Between, and, and the truth is, the Rebbe, there explain, the Rebbe explains that really he only takes us so far. We, at the end of the day, have to really do the whole, the, the, the main work at the end. But the point, though, is what's, what's the point here in Parak Bays? Is that you could have, you could feel like you're more of a nefesh person. You're an SJ. You're a person that just does things. You just, you're just very much into the natural, physical world. You live in the world of the physical, physical world. You're just very connected to the physical. You just do things. You're not trying to perceive deep or whatever. But when you connect yourself to the essence through the Rebbe, so then you could actually be in tune with your essence and in tune with your real soul, which is a mamamish. So therefore, the Alter Rebbe is going to say, and he's going to give a mashal, he's going to give an analogy to this to explain how this works, that even if you have very different levels, you have things which come through, he's going to explain through DNA or whatever, things that come through with different, many, many different levels, it doesn't take away that even the lowest level could essentially have and be connected to the highest level. And really, on an essential level, there is no distinction between the highest and the lowest level. The only difference is, once you, break, once you, get, once you remove yourself from the, 
essence and you move into the realm of expression, in, 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 into the realm of the way the soul manifests itself, to use some of these fancy words in the lessons of Tanya, right? Where the soul manifests itself, where the soul comes begili, when it reveals itself. In those levels of the neshama, yes, there could be distinctions, but in the essence of the soul, every Jewish soul is the same. To recognize the essence, to be in tune with that essence, that is primarily through the idea of being in tune with the nasi, which has my neshama bound up with his neshama, and his, since his neshama is rooted in the essence of God, therefore I could be connected. Why isn't the expression of the essence the same? Because, as we explained in one of the previous classes, or a mo'ar, however much the or reveals of the mo'ar, there's nothing stopping it, whatever, then it should all be this. Right. Oh, very question. good question. So, this goes back to a question you actually asked a few days ago, a similar question. So, the Alpha is going to explain how this evolution process has happened. You're right. Seemingly, you're asking if it's, we're all just an expression of the essence, the expression of the essence should be infinite like the essence. So, how do you have the differences, right? So, we're going to see. We're going to get into the fact that there is an evolutionary process, the Jewish evolution, the, the Jewish perspective, perspective of the soul's evolution. We're going to get into the discuss that in Hashem tomorrow. There's that discussion. It's a very important discussion of how that evolutionary process takes place. Okay, we'll stop over here. Okay, so we're in the middle of Parag Bays. The Alter Rebbe began Parag Bays by explaining that the concept of the Nefesh Elikis that the Nefesh Lekis is a chelak alakam and ma'al mamish, comes directly or is a part of the essence of Hashem. And al went on to explain that this is the idea of that Eibishter uh, is the Yisrael Olav Machshova, the concept of Manda Nofach, Metoichei Nofach, the blowing from the in depth, the depths, the Neshama arises from the depths from within God. And al then went on to say that this is the level of Chochmah, Chochmosev Debesher, which is one with him, as the Rambam says. And we explained at length this concept based on other areas in Hasidus about what this all means. Now, al then continues by asking a question. So al says, we're holding now three lines from the bottom of Vav Aleph. al says, says, V'af sh'yesh r'vivayis m'nei chalukis madregis m'neshavis he says, although seemingly one will ask a question. So what essentially are we saying here? What we're saying here is, is that every, every person, every neshama stems from atzmus. Every neshama stems from the essence of God. Every neshama stems from God himself. But says the Alter Rebbe says, asks, if you look around, we see that there are many different levels of neshamas. There are neshamas which are higher and there are neshamas which are lower. He says, He says, we see that there were certain generations where their neshamas were much greater than our generations, which is ikvas of the Meshicha, which is like the heel, which is like the end of the foot, the bottom, the end part of the, of the, of the soul. And, and like the difference between the brain uh, the, the, like the, the heel to the brain. So what, what is the question over here is? The question over here is, is that how could we say that there's all, we all stem from the same location when we see various differences between levels of neshamas? How could you have varying differences between levels of neshamas if, if we all come from the same place? If you think about this idea a little bit deeper, so first of all, just to pick on a few words that the Alter Rebbe learns, this idea of ikvasa the meshicha. 
So first of all, we have to understand that when God created man, Adam Arishan, original man, God created the original man as an Ishama Klolis. This is a very essential idea brought in Chassidus based on that result that Adam Arishan had the Nishama Klolis. And Nishama Klolis means that he had within him all the Nishamas included within his soul. His soul was, so to speak, a composite of all the Nishamas of all generations. And every specific Nishama that will eventually emerge emerges somehow from and is connected with, bound up with Admiration. And this is the idea of a Nasi. When we speak about a Nasi Hadar, a Nasi stands, stands for Nitsutsai Shel Yaakov Avinu. That's the word Nasi. Nitsutsai Shel Yaakov Avinu. Nitsutsai Shel Yaakov Avinu. I mean, the Torah uses the word Nasi as a context of, 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 uh, of uh, Kohen Godel or, 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 or Melech. I mean, a Nasi is a Melech. But a Nasi, in terms of Hasidus, is referring to Nitzutish Yaakov Avinu, this idea of Broden Kapala, which means he has the Nitzas of Yaakov Avinu. Yaakov Avinu, the Gemara says, the Yaakov Avinu says, the Shufri, the Yaakov Avinu, Kain Shufri, the The Gemara Bab Metziah says that the beauty of Yaakov was like the beauty of Adamarishin. What does it mean, the beauty? So it doesn't necessarily, it also means physical beauty, but it means also on a spiritual level, as Chassidus explains, it means that Yaakov Avinu also had it, was an Ishama Klolos. Yaakov Avinu, we learned in last week's parish and previous, the past few weeks' parishes, that Bishivim Nefesh, Yardu Avesachel Mitzrayim, right? That Yaakov went down to Mitzrayim, Bishivim Nefesh, 70 soul. It doesn't say 70 souls, it doesn't say Bishivim Nefoshois, 70 souls, it says in 70 soul. Singular. Why? Because there's one nefesh, which is Yaakov Avinu's neshama, that is made up as a composite of all the neshamas together. So a nasi has within him that element of being the tzutzah Yaakov Avinu, having the neshama haklolas of the generation. So Admar region was the first, Yaakov Avinu then had it, and then every nasi hadar has that element of the tzutzah Yaakov Avinu. Okay. So that's a general nekud of where neshamas come from. But in that itself, there's literally degrees of neshamas. There's many different types of neshamas. And as we said, the neshama of Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, and Moshe Rabbeinu are completely in a different category than our neshamas. What does it mean they're a completely different category? It's not just that they have more ability or less ability. It's not that they have a greater ability than we have less of an ability. And since they have a greater ability, they can refine themselves, they can perfect themselves to feel closer to Hashem or whatever. No. They, to begin with, are original, they're l'chatchila in their essence are much on a, on a higher level. Why is it that the Rebbe was the Rebbe? It wasn't because he worked on himself to become Rebbe. The Rebbe was the Rebbe because his neshama was a neshama of Atzilus. It's, it's, it's a different form of neshama. It's on a higher darg, it's on, it's on a different level. It's al when we speak about lahavdil, so to speak, to make a distinction between Kedusha and not Kedusha, the idea of personality types, right? When you speak about different personality types, so <laughs> you have Every person, we're all human beings. We all come from a mother and a father. We all have similar DNA. We all have similar genetics. We all have similar ways our body operates. But at the same time, we actually act differently. Our personality describes and, 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 and is the software, so to speak, of our mechanism, of, 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 of the way we, we take in information, the way we deal with things. And that's a very real thing. That's not a made-up thing. It's a very real thing. And certain people have a higher level of intelligence and certain people have a lesser level of intelligence. That's a very real thing. So if we're saying we all stem from the same source, we come from the etzim of the Ebishter, how could it be that in the etzim you could have a Moshe Rabbeinu type in Neshama and then a Mendel Zirkin type in Neshama? Like, how could it be that there's such a vast gulf of a difference between the two? 
So that's what the Alter Rebbe is saying, that if we all taka come from the same place, it's seemingly it's contradictory to say that you come from all the same place, but yet there's so many differences. And the Alter Rebbe says, not only is this true between the vast gulf between earlier generations and later generations, but the Alter Rebbe says, In every generation itself, you see a gulf, you see a mass. Like we said, the Rebbe, Compared to the regular, you know, you, you watch a video of the Rebbe a lot of times. You're watching a video of the Rebbe and you see certain people pass by the Rebbe. And obviously they don't have the same appreciation of what a Rebbe is or don't understand necessarily what a Rebbe is. So they're coming by the Rebbe and they talk to the Rebbe in a way like you would think that they're talking to their friend. And like you're thinking to yourself, you know, what are you doing? Like, you know, you're speaking to like, you cringe, at least for me. You cringe listening to their way they're talking. It's like not just disrespectful, it's almost like totally like... But that, that, just, just, that just highlights, at least for me, this mass gulf of difference between the level. It's like Lahavdal again, if someone would be trying to discuss with Einstein his, you know, his theory of relativity, right? It, it, it's, it's so nonsensical to assume, it's so nonsensical um, to assume that, that, that the person would have any, any relationship with understanding, okay, he could be a very intelligent guy, we're talking about a simple person trying to discuss with Einstein his theory of relativity. It, 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 it doesn't seem like it matches up, right? So even within one generation itself, we see these varying degrees, these varying levels of neshamas. And then the Rebbe says even further, even in the regular multitude, the most people, in every nefesh, the word nefesh sometimes could refer to a specific level of neshama, or the word nefesh could sometimes refer to the more generic name, meaning soul. And in the soul, there is three general levels that relate to that we're conscious of, which is nefesh, ruach, and neshama. Nefesh is the part of the soul which is focused on instinct and action. The ruach is more the emotional soul, and the neshama is the intellectual soul. Says the Alter Rebbe, there's certain people who are more intellectually inclined, certain people which are more capable of understanding and perceiving things on a much deeper level. Other people are more emotionally inclined. I'm not saying people who are emotionally inclined don't understand things very deeply and perceive things deeply. I'm just saying that Certain people are more intellectual and their neshama, they're, they're more in tune with their neshama level. Other people are more in tune with their ruach, they're more emotional, and other people are more instinctual. I'm, I, I've, been in, I've, I've mentioned to a number of people about the Myers-Briggs personality, right? So the way the Myers-Briggs personality is broken down is generally, there's, there's four categories. There's the category of what's known as the NT. Then there's the category of... Um, uh, there's, there's, a, there, there's, well, exactly how to break them down, but basically there's, there's, a, there's an NT, there's an SP, there's an, uh, an, an, F, an, F, uh, an FP, uh, and there's a, um, or an NF, and then there is, and then there's an, S, an, S, an SJ. What's the chilukim in the Madregas over here? An NT is a Baal Seichel. His di- dominant focus in life is seichel. That's the way he works. I know for myself. That's my, my, my predominant focus. Is, is I take in the world through seichel. I'm not saying I'm in tune with my neshama so much, but that's, that's the nekudah. That you'll be more in tune with your deeper neshama. The NTs usually are very very logical, but there's certain NTs which are very like, if they're more introverted NTs, they're more seekers of truth and trying to find the truth. The seichel forces a person to want to find the truth. That's like an NT personality type. Then you have an SP personality type. An SP personality type is more in the realm of Chochmah. 
they're not so much within the realm of, of Seichel per se, but they're in a certain category of Seichel, more in the realm of Chochmah of Seichel, which is more like, more living within the world of like, uh, like uh, sensing things, they sense certain things, they're very into the sensing world. They perceive, right, very perceptive. So that, that is, that, so to speak, more of like a, 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 a aspect of, let's say, the Chochmah part. It's perhaps in, in the Seder of the Vesuris, it's Chochmah versus Bina. And then you have the NF. The NF is the deep emotional type of personality type. The deep emotional personality type, the NF is someone who seeks to know something through an experience. They don't want to know, the, they're not interested in knowing the truth, they want to feel the truth. Right? It's an emotional, they're more into the ruach, they want to know the truth. So they're deep seekers, they're highly intuitive people, they want to understand the depths of life, they want to understand what's going on behind the scenes, but it's coming from an emotional place where they want to know it, for not because it's true, because intellectually it's true, they want to feel it. That's why a lot of times you find a clash in personalities between the NT, let's say, versus the NF. An NT, they, don't underst they could understand something purely from a principal point of view. If it makes sense logically, if it makes sense objectively, if it makes sense within the realms of Seichel, it's true. The NF won't accept it. The NF will say, I don't feel it. I don't experience it. It doesn't speak to me. It doesn't feel right. Because they're living more in their emotional world. And Lamashal, just to bring this point out a little bit, Lamashal, with this, I remember having a discussion with someone years ago, we went on a family trip, we went to Tzvas. I was in Israel once, and we went to Tzvas, we went to different... Different, different sites, different holy sites and other places. So we went to Tzvas and we went to the, we went to the Beisak Forest, to the cemetery in Tzvas. So we went and we davened by the Arizal's caver. Went to the mikveh, then went to the Arizal's caver. I nearly got heat stroke over there because it was such a hot day and I didn't eat anything. And then I went into the mikveh and I came out and I nearly got a, got, got a like the, 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 the change of temperatures was drastic. Either way, yeah. 114 degrees. We went. Um, so, so, um, so, okay, so, 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 anyway, so we went to the Arizal's caver, and we went to the Arizal's caver, so we dive in there, fine, so I was feeling, you know, a certain, like, a certain feeling, a certain moment of closeness, or whatever it was. So one of my family, one of my siblings, asked me afterwards, like he said, like, like, did you feel anything there? Like, was, did you? So I said, yeah, I said, like, I thought, you know, this Arizal, he says, but you know that there was, there was at least two ma major earthquakes over the past four or five hundred years. How do you know this was exactly where Darizal is? Maybe he was moved ten feet. So I said, listen, I said, I don't know. I said, I know millions of people have come to Davin here. For me, that's enough. Million that itself makes it holy. Right? There's millions of, like today's time, he says, I'll call Shari, the and says, ten people come together. That makes it holy. There's millions of people, but for him that's not enough. Because that's an, that's a logical that's more of an, that's more of like a a seichelika type of answer. For him, he wanted to know that he's actually in the space of the Arizal itself. It's a certain emotional attachment to the place. It has to be an experience, not an intellectual knowledge. So that's sort of the difference between the realms of Nishama versus the realms of Ruach. And then you have what's known as the SJ, which is more Maisipapel, the, the foot soldier, the one who goes and does things, very practically minded. They're geared to doing things because that's what has to be done. They're very faithful to tradition. You can have an introverted, you have an ISTJ, ISF, whatever makes no difference. The Chilukim of the personality has, but the SJ is very like, very Maisipapel, very, very nafshiistic. They're very nefeshtic type of people. They can be genuinely, very genuine people, very real people, as we say in Yiddish, very earnest, very sincere. 
but, but, but they're, they're not very into the emotional world, they're not very into the intellectual world, they're very into the practical reality of what you got to do in the doing world. That, that's that personality type. So what Altreb is saying is, is that, again, Lahavdil in the Neshama, in the Nefesh, we see even amongst people there's different levels. You have those that are primarily in tune with their Neshama, and there's those that are in primarily in tune with their Ruach, and others are primarily in tune with their Nefesh. So how could we say, says the Altreb, that we all stem from the same place? How can you say that everybody comes from the same location? That doesn't make any sense. If you come from the same place, you should all have the same disposition. And we don't find that. So this is the question that al Rebbe is asking and presenting here now that we explained that seemingly we're all a chelik al-mamish. So al Rebbe is now going to go into explain this concept by explaining a very crucial, important idea which is very, very important for a number of reasons. First and foremost, to understand how is it that although there are taka many, many levels, and although taka, there is a concept, the Rebbe mentions this a few times in Tanya, that every person, depending on the level of his tchunas hanefesh, depending on his personality, his spiritual personality, he'll have a different realization, a different connection to Judaism, a different connection to God. Right? There's certain people that have a much more keen intuition, let's say, into God. And other people don't have that. They have more of an emotional connection to God. Other people have more of an instinctual connection. It's something that they just feel that there's a God or whatever it is to do, be religious, whatever it may be. So although there is, there's definitely a distinction within levels, and there's certain people that have a more of a closer feeling, more of a realer, a truer feeling, more of an experience versus other people, but at the end of the day, we all actually have the same source. And not only do we have the same source, we all have the abilities to tap into that source and therefore be able to reach that same level as everybody else. But the catch is, is that we have to be connected to the Neshama HaKolos. As we started off before, the Neshama HaKolos is what connects all the Neshamas back into the source. So if we stem from the Etzim of the Ebishter or more precisely the way the Al-Tarebbe defines here in chapter 2, we stem from Chochmah Vatzilus, which we'll talk about a little bit at some point later, what Chochmah Vatzilus is. When, we get, when we're talking about coming from Chochmah Vatzilus, we all have Chochmah Vatzilus. In the world of Chochmah Vatzilus, the experience of godliness is very real. The Rebbe, for example, by the Rebbe, it wasn't that God was an idea. God wasn't a concept. God wasn't something he read in the book. God wasn't something that he, he studied about. God was something very, very real. There's a famous story with the Tzamech Tzedek. I don't know if it's famous, but there's a story with the Tzamech Tzedek that was once a, a, a person who came to the Tzamech Tzedek and told the Tzamech Tzedek, he says, that I don't believe there's a God. Prove to me there's a God. So the Tzamech Tzedek said, do you know, do you believe there's a Tsar? Right? They were living in Russia. They were living, living under the Tsar. Do you believe there's a Tsar? So he says, of course there's, I believe there's a czar. He says, how do you know there's a czar? Now you have to realize it wasn't like today where you have what's, where you have television and you could see the king. And no, you have no idea. How do you know? You live in a, in a little village in Lubavitch. How do you know there's a czar in, back in uh, Petersburg? How do you know? So he says, what do you mean? I have a brother. A brother's a very wealthy businessman. And he does business you know, throughout Russia. And he does business even with big nobles and big you know, wealthy knockers back in Petersburg. And they tell him that there's a czar. So he says, and that's why you believe there's a czar. Because your brother has business connections with people that know and say that there's a czar. And that's why you believe there's a czar. He says, believe me, I know there's God. I saw him. That's what the Samach Tzedek says. But that's true. A Rebbe doesn't just know there's an Abishter. Obviously, 
he's still limited on, in a physical body, in a shaman, in a physical body, the Alpeb is going to say later, is still limited, is still not, still connected on the ultimate level. But the, Rebbe, the Rebbe's connection to God wasn't just this, like, he was just more religious than us type of thing. You know, he believed in it more. No, he actually, he actually experienced it more. It was more real because he actually, his neshama was deeply, much more connected. It's like, for example, you know, maybe this is not such a great example, but to maybe bring out the point a little bit, let's say, you know, you're invited over to someone else's house, right? And you see the way your friend, let's say you're invited over to your friend's house, so you see the way your friend, you know, the interaction between your friend and his parents. Let's say, you know, it's a very loving family and they're, they're acting, you know, there's a certain friend. You feel a little bit, you don't feel that love. Even if, even if the parents are very nice to you also, you don't, you don't feel that love. You don't feel that connection as much. Why? Why don't you feel that connection? Because it's not as real. It's not your parents. The child feels that love. The child actually feels that connection. You don't because it's not really your parents. Don't you so, like, act in the same way like that? When, when the parents are like that? Give love? No, that's a different story. I'm just saying is that when a friend goes, when you go over to someone else's friend, so when you, so in other words, the person's being nice to you, the person's acting nice to you also, the parents are being very nice to you, but the child feels the love of the parents when they're in that interaction versus you between them. You just see them as nice strangers, friendly strangers, who are my friend's parents. So it's not exactly a very good marshal, because at the end of the day, we're not like friends, so to speak. We're actually part and parcel as the, of the Neshama Kolos. But for a Rebbe, his, his, his experience with God is on a whole different, whole different level, on a whole different... It's a whole different beginning. It's a whole different level. And that's Chochmah Vatzilus. And Chochmah Vatzilus is the true, pristine experience of godliness. As, as, at least on the level of godliness, the way it comes into creation. There's still a separation, which we'll talk, get to at another point. So says Zaltreb, with Zaltreb, his main answer is going to be is that despite the fact that we all do have varying levels, and we all do relate differently. Our connections to God is different. Our connections to the way we relate to our nefesh or our ruach and neshama. The levels of how much of our nefesh and how much of our ruach and how much of our neshama is all very different in quality and quantity. Despite all that, says Alter Rebbe, we all stem from the same place and we all have the ability, we all have the ability to be connected to the same place for one reason. That is through the Rebbe. When you're connected, says the Alter Rebbe, to the Neshama HaKlolis, that automatically makes you connected to your real essence and to your real source. And this explains, we'll hopefully get to learn it a little bit more, this explains why a Rebbe could tell you in Yechidus who you are. Why could the Rebbe tell you what your job in this world is? Why could the Rebbe tell you who you really are? Because the Rebbe, you're not just, you're not an outsider to the Rebbe, you're a part of the Rebbe. The Rebbe just looks within himself and senses certain things. When you went into Yechidus, you didn't just go into the Rebbe and there was two separate people, there was you and the Rebbe. You are, Yechidus literally means unification, right? Yochid, to be unified. That's Yechidus. There was a unification between your part of your soul as it's connected to the Rebbe. That's what, that's the idea that Chassidus explained. That's a concept of the unification between a chassid and a rebbe. So when you went into Yechidus, you were connecting to that inner self, the rebbe recognizing that inner self of you through himself, and therefore he could tell you what's going on. You are not aware because you're so far removed from that self, but the rebbe who is aware could tell you what's going on. It's not like he has this psycho, psychic powers. It's not that the rebbe has psychic powers. The rebbe has the ability to be in tune with himself very deeply. What and, about non-Jews? What about non-Jews? Right. So therefore, so at that level, 
the Rebbe never, I don't know if Yechidus or the Rebbe had were non-Jews to that extent. I don't know. But, but okay, he was able to know certain things, obviously, from obviously also from a Ruach HaKadosh point of view and from a deeper level in a Hanami. There is that aspect. But the, but the point is, is that at least for us, the Rebbe could take us to a place that we can't reach by ourselves because he's that medium that connects our essence with our being. That's the whole Mimer Bata the Tzavah. The last Mimer that we have from the Rebbe that we chazer every year, Gimel Tammuz, is the Mimer. One of the major themes of that Mimer is this concept that the Moshe, the Rebbe, the generation, is what bridges the gap between us and God, between us and our source. Between, and, and the truth is, Al Rebbe, the, the Rebbe explains that really he only takes us so far. We, at the end of the day, have to really do the whole, the, the, the main work at the end. But the point, though, is what's what's the point here in Parak Bays? Is that you could have, you could feel like you're more of a nefeshtik person. You're an SJ. You're a person that just does things. You just, you're just very much into the natural, physical world. You live in the world of the physical, physical world. You're just very connected to the physical. You just do things. You're not trying to perceive deep or whatever. But when you connect yourself to the essence through the Rebbe, so then you could actually be in tune with your essence and in tune with your real soul, which is a chelak mamish. So therefore, the Rebbe is going to say, and he's going to give a mashal, he's going to give an analogy to this to explain how this works, that even if you have very different levels, you have things which come through, he's going to explain through DNA or whatever, things that come through with different, many, many different levels, it doesn't take away that even the lowest level could essentially have and be connected to the highest level. And really, on an essential level, there is no distinction between the highest and the lowest level. The only difference is, once you break, once you get, once you remove yourself from the essence and you move into the realm of expression, in, 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 into the realm of the way the soul manifests itself, to use some of these fancy words in the lessons of Tanya, right? Where the soul manifests itself, where the soul comes begili, when it reveals itself. And those levels of the neshama, yes, there could be distinctions, but in the essence of the soul, every Jewish soul is the same. To recognize the essence, to be in tune with that essence, that is primarily through the idea of being in tune with the Nasi, which has my neshama bound up with his neshama, and his, since his neshama is rooted in the essence of God, therefore I could be connected. Why isn't the expression of the essence the same? Because, as we explained in one of the previous classes, or a mo'or, however much the or reveals of the mo'or, and there's nothing stopping it, whatever, then it should all be this. Right. This oh, same. very good question. So, this goes back to a question you actually asked a few days ago, a similar question. So, now Trevor is going to explain how this evolution process has happened. You're right. Seemingly, you're asking if it's, we're all just an expression of the essence, the expression of the essence should be infinite like the essence. So, how do you have the differences, right? So we're going to see, we're going to get into the fact that there is an evolutionary process, the Jewish evolution, the, the Jewish perspective, perspective of the soul's evolution. We're going to get into the discuss that in Hashem tomorrow, that there's that discussion. It's a very important discussion of how that evolutionary process takes place. Okay, we'll stop over here.